The following is a message from Reverend Ken Belden of Wellsprings Congregation. This messy world, this messy life, these messy people, these messy and loud hand dryers, <laughs> this messy, ugh, this messy stage. That's just making it worse. (laughs) This messy government, this messy country, this... All these messy nations, these messy families, messy parents, messy children. All this messy me. The world's all messed up, right? If we want to look for mess... We will find it everywhere and we'll see nothing but mess. And kind of like, uh, what's that line from Jaws about got to get a bigger boat? We're going to need a bigger dustpan. But the thing is, there is no dustpan big enough to clean up all this mess. This uh, little riff on mess is adapted from uh, the beloved Buddhist nun Pema Chodron. A little video she did some years ago called This Lousy World. It's the same principle. This lousy world, these lousy people, this messy world, these messy people. Trying to go around to clean everything up. All the lousiness, all the mess. And recognizing that we will simply exhaust our time, our heart, our energy, our resources if that's what we're trying to do. And better than trying to clean everything up or try to get rid of all the things that annoy us is to begin to work with our relationship with the mess in our lives. And that is a way to change things in a transformative fashion. So today I begin a multi-month message series that Lee and I are doing on Daring Greatly, on Brene Brown's wonderful book about shame and courage and vulnerability and about the fact that we are made to belong and to love and to be loved. And so I'd like to, as a little bit of a primer ask you to take out this yellow sheet here, you know, the the springboard side, because this is a really great introduction to it. See that quote at the top? Courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen. In her book, Daring Greatly, etc., etc., Brene Brown encourages us to trust that we are whole and worthy in the midst of unanswered questions, unfinished plans, and the messiness of our undone lives. Brene Brown is not just a very wise social scientist. She's really a very insightful spiritual thinker and person as well, too. She understands that the truth of this life is that we are made from and made for connection, belonging, and love. And yet so often it is shame that inhibits our ability to connect in authentic ways. And the source of that shame for so many of us, whether it's perceiving other people's lives or perceiving our own, is that We have so many imperfections that so much of our lives is messy, that so many things happen that we cannot simply predict. And that gets in the way, if we allow it, of our opportunity to belong, love and connect. But so often we believe ourselves unworthy because of the mess, because of the messes in this life. And so when I start this message series today, I want to share with you one of the attitudinal foundations of Daring Greatly for me, which is this. It's the willingness to bless the mess. 
the willingness to be with our lives and all of their complexity. And I'm not talking, by the way, about cleaning. I have nothing against cleaning. I've grown into something of a clean freak when I didn't used to be that way. If you serve on the Sunday setup and support team, you know how fussy and anal I can get about things being clean. But blessing is not about cleaning. Clean is not the opposite of mess. Clean can actually be a subtle and insidious form of mess. Going about cleaning up everything and everyone in our world and seeing nothing but mess around. I had a great example of this this uh, past summer when I was on uh, sabbatical. And I spent a lot of time in yoga studios and a lot of time in yoga mats. This is a story someone told me. It's a story about someone who started their yoga practice many years before, but then something happened and they stopped. And then eventually they found their way back. So some of you know what this is. Shavasana which actually means corpse pose, but that upsets people. So we just call it rest pose. So this person tells a story about, you know, going to yoga class when they were kind of just starting out and they get in their, you know, Shavasana pose at the end of the practice. Ah, it's my second service today, so I need a little Shavasana pose. All right. Ah, the floor is dirty, but that's all right. And she's just laying there in Shavasana pose, and uh, she's really, really relaxed. Breathing in and breathing out. And then... (laughs) And when the... Teacher starts to speak again, and the bell rings in the class. She recognizes she's falling asleep. She sits up on her mat and she gets up, and there is a person across the room from her, headed directly her way, with a look of anger on her face. You fell asleep during Shavasana. You ruined my peace and meditation. You took it away from me. And the person like didn't return to yoga for like two years after that. See, here's the thing, what yoga is really all about, all that strength and flexibility in the body is not worth anything if we don't have strength and flexibility in the mind and in the heart. You know, there's a kind of clean that's so clean it's dirty, right? The kind of clean that wants to go around making sure the world is perfect for us so nothing gets in the way of our peace, our serenity, our contentment. And if that's the way we approach this life, you know what? We will never have peace, serenity, or contentment. No one wants to be around human bleach, right? Because it's toxic. Daring greatly is not about moralism. It has nothing to do with perfectionism. See, even coming clean, being honest, can be another occasion of shame in our lives. For coming clean to be an occasion of grace, a true fresh start, a a true new beginning, for it to be an occasion of grace, cleanliness, it's about honoring what is present that is already basically good. Honoring the resources that we're already working with that are here, even though we may not recognize it. I mean, this is probably one of the things I say most regularly in counseling sessions, especially with people who are like, you know, trying to change their lives in such ways like getting sober. You know, it's such a messy process, especially at its beginning. And very often life is a mess, an objective mess. But here's the thing. What I try to encourage people to recognize is this. I had to recognize it within myself as well. The instinct to know mess as mess and no pain as pain. 
and to envision, even start to envision, even if you don't know how, that there can be a healthier way, a more whole way, that in and of itself is wonderful. That's the seed of health. That's the seed of goodness. Trust that voice, I encourage people. Trust that that is the beginning of blessing the mess. Even in pain, even with the unknown, even with all the things that are uncertain in our future. Trusting in this still small voice is so important. Brene Brown talks about this a lot in her book of trusting that basic worthiness that we already have and that we already are. It can't be manufactured. It cannot be put together. It simply is part of accepting our wholeness that we were born with. And out of this, she says, comes all of our resilience, our ability to work with the messes in our lives in a way that eventually we can get clean, not as a form of moralism, but as a way of becoming healthy and whole. If we first want to change the mess, we've got to bless the mess. Curses change absolutely nothing. All they do is change the scenery, but they don't alter the underlying dynamic. That only happens through blessing. The great thing about learning to bless the mess in our lives is this, is that we don't engage in denial. We don't say, there's no mess here. I mean, I've been this person. (laughs) Maybe you've been this person. Maybe you are this person right now. Where metaphorically, it's like up to your knees, the mess and rising. What mess? Who, me? I'm clean. Denial. Then there's the whole other side. And I've been this person too as well. Overwhelm. Because there's a mess around me and I'm in a mess of a situation. You know what? There's nothing but mess. It's all mess. So to bless the mess means going beyond denial. There is no mess or overwhelm. There's nothing but mess. It is a way of bringing into our hearts and into our lives. One of our core values here at Wellsprings, living with integrity. Honestly, evaluating where we are in the hopes of going where we want to be. That's a that's a place of some tension, right? between assessing honestly this is where we are and we can see that there's another place we'd like to get to, to live into that space is a way of blessing the mess because we recognize we're dealing with it honestly and at the same time we're also envisioning that things might be different for us. In this honest evaluation, one of the most important things I have found is that gratitude is so transformative. The ability to be thankful even if for something very, very small in the midst of the mess of our lives. I had an experience of this Good Lord, uh, 18 years ago when I was 26 years old and just starting out as a chaplain. This is two years before I was even ordained at NYU Medical Center in New York City. And I was terrified because every day I was in the hospital. And I think you all know hospitals. Those are messy places. (laughs) They're physically messy places and they're spiritually messy places and they're emotionally messy places. And I remember particularly this one This one young man, really a teenager, 17 years old, he had been a very high achieving athlete until he started to recognize in the midst of of his games, and his practices, that he was not being able to catch his breath with ease anymore. And so he went to a doctor and they found out, I think I remember this exactly, he had like a hole in his heart, you know, and he was going to need open heart surgery to repair that damage. And like, you know, they were prepping him for surgery the next day and he was in his hospital room and his parents like they were on him every minute. You want to fluff up the pillow, you want another sip of water, and he was just freaking miserable. 
His whole life had changed. He didn't want this. Just awfully miserable. And a friend of his came in. Probably his best friend. And, you know, like the best friend came in. He didn't quite know what to do. He gave him one of these awkward, uh, Michael here, gave him one of these awkward bro hugs, you know. One of these things here, but like kind of a hug, but not really a hug. And, and his best friend didn't know what to do. And he just was like looking at his friend and the parents are all frantic around him. And finally, the, the, the friend says, he looked at his miserable friend in the bed. He said, yo, hole in the heart. That shit is fucked up. And the parents like, stop dead. (laughs) The kid in the bed smiled. And he said, man, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming. See, that was blessing the mess. That was thanksgiving for companionship. One of the worst things that happens to us when we're in the midst of our messes and not able to bless it is we just feel so isolated. We have no self-compassion. We feel that they're the only people who've ever gone through anything like this. And we feel cut off from that connection. We feel cut off from that love. This is what Brene Brown is talking about with seeing and being seen. Because when we can see and be seen, even in the midst of our mess, we know that we are not at all alone. And so related to that is a profoundly deep and rich kindness that wishes for ourselves and for other people flourishing, even in the midst of our messy lives. So some of you know that my wife and I, uh, during my sabbatical this past summer, we bought a house. And um, I think I read this over the years that like of the top five stressors in life, (laughs) moving is one of them. I can attest. Absolutely true. Many of you know this too. And my wife and I have different energies when it comes to, you know, dealing with the messes in our lives. And very often those are like wonderfully complimentary. I'm all about the grand vision and the energies in this house and all this kind of woo stuff. And she's like, she wants to get details right. Like I said, most often that works really, really well. Animating energy, disciplined action. And sometimes when we're stressed... Those defaults becomes fault lines that we fall into. And we were in a series of these kinds of days. <laughs> Just like grousing at each other, barking at each other. Where's this? Where's that? Can't find my stuff. Where's your stuff? I like my stuff. Where is my stuff? Just not, not fun. And I said something like, unkind. Something like, you know. You know, you're getting lost in the details. You know, it, 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 it's not about the chair. It's about the house and the home that we're building. And she said something like, can't you see how hard I'm working? And like I said, there were a few days like this in a row, and it wasn't working for us. So we decided that we would adopt a new practice. When we entered through the threshold of our new home, before getting down to business, before any planning, before any envisioning, we would stop Look each other in the eye and say, I love you, and let's be kind to each other. We can say that all kinds of messes in our lives, right? With our spouses, our friends, our kids, even our coworkers, if we're close to them. I love you, I value you, and let's be kind to each other. This kindness gives us a way to take refuge 
in the midst of the messiness of our lives, not by denying the mess and also not allowing ourselves to become overwhelmed by it and remembering that especially in our kindness, our life is so much more than mess. Blessing the mess tells this truth. We're here. It's messy. But we're not alone. We're not in this alone. Gratitude, thanksgiving, kindness, love. That is how we bless the mess enough to build up. To build up even from the ruins of our lives. Maybe you're in one of those times right now in your life, even amidst the ruins, when you're wondering if anything is working. At some point in our lives, I think we all know what it's like to live, not just in the mess, but in the ruins. And so I want to end today's message with this ancient story. This ancient story that is about a monastery, way, way, way far out on a pilgrimage trail. And there's a young monk who goes looking for this particular monastery one day because he has heard that this is the community from which the Messiah will come. The Blessed One. Bring peace and serenity, wholeness and healing to the world. And he travels for days and weeks and months and finally reaches this ancient monastery that is rumored from where the Messiah will come. And he sees it, and it's a POS. <laughs> it's a mess. It's dilapidated. And he finds five old monks there who do nothing but grouse at each other. And he thinks to himself, this is the place from which the Messiah is going to come? He stops in, stays overnight with these five old grousy monks, and he tells them, you know, I found my way out here. It's not easy to find my way here. It took me many, many, many days, but I heard the Messiah was going to come here. I think I have been misinformed. He continues on his way the next morning. At dinner that night, after the young monk has left, the five monks are eating together, and Brother Edward, he sees Brother Thomas. And Brother Thomas is sitting there like he does every single night, slurping loudly his soup and spilling it all over the place and creating a mess. And he feels that, ugh, that disgust <laughs> at his brother. And he remembers what the young monk said. Maybe my old slurping brother here is the Messiah. So he goes up. And he mops off the area around Brother Thomas and he goes and he gets him a bowl of soup. Brother Thomas has not had anyone do this for him in a very long time. And that night before bed saying his prayers, he thinks of Brother Jim. Brother Jim, who is riddled his hands with arthritis and has a difficult time pulling his covers up over him at night if they slip to the ground. And Brother Jim goes, he goes into Brother Jim's room and he pulls the covers up over that ancient old brother of his, thinking he might be the Messiah. And it continues throughout all those five monks, just starting to take care of each other, just with this question, he might be the Messiah. Maybe I'm the Messiah. Isn't this what a Messiah does, take care of other people? And little by little by little, the place starts to transform. There starts to be rumors in the town near the monastery that this is a place of love and kindness where people are thankful for each other. And so the walls of this monastery, which for a very long time were sealed off to the world around it, open again. And young monks start to join the community. 
And many years later, that monk on pilgrimage finds his way back, having not found the perfect community where the Messiah was or was supposed to be, and sees the transformation. All because of this idea. that Any of us could be the Messiah. And so really the truth here is not we're looking for the Messiah that is the one. We're practicing the one that is the Messiah. By beginning to bless the mess and the difficulty of our lives and working with what's here, even sometimes in the most dilapidated, run-down, messy situations. If these old monks in this ancient story could love their ruins, so can we. If they could bless their mess, so could we. And so can we. So today, maybe it's not just a mess you're living in. Maybe it's a hot mess. (laughs) Maybe it's an unholy mess. But we can transform unholy messes to holy messes by seeing what's here, by being thankful, by being kind. If your life is a mess today, may it at least be a holy mess. Amen. May you live in blessing. Let's pray together. God of so many names, and surely one of those is not perfectionism. Neither denial or overwhelm, but honesty and thanksgiving and kindness. However we are in this day, wherever we are in this day, may we honestly assess And may we keep in mind that vision of where we want to go, but not so quickly that we stop to look at the basic goodness, the wholeness that we already are. May we allow ourselves to bless, and in allowing ourselves to bless, may our lives be blessed. Amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's wellsprings, the letters uu.org.